So we're continuing on body number 20 this week. We started by looking at the idea of Bab and Guru Nanak Dev Ji is introducing this concept of external cleansing being very superficial. The cleansing of the body, the cleansing of the clothes, and the idea was that people thought that they needed to purify themselves before they began their worship. But Guruji poses a question, well, what are you going to do with the dirt that you carry around with you all the time? And so we started looking at this idea, Guruji uses the word Bab. What is Bab? And we looked at a Shabad where Guruji talks about Bab and Pun as two brothers, sin and virtue as two brothers, who when they united together created the universe. And what we understand from that is that the universe is a spectrum of all possibilities. Everything good that can happen, everything bad, these are simply labels that we place on it. Good and bad don't exist. They're simply part of the wide spectrum. So Guruji poses the question, what do you do with the filth of the mind? What soap can you use to clean that? Pariya mat papa ke sang. And we understood that there are many sinners, but there is only one sin. In the previous verses, we talked about a sunk papi, pap karjai. The sinners are many, but the sin is one. So we are all in that situation. And the greatest sin, the greatest mistake that we can make is when we forget. When we forget the one and only me message that Guruji is trying to teach us, which is everything is one. The oneness is everything. Ikkong God. Remember that the Guru only has one lesson to teach you. Gura ik bujhai. Guru only has one thing to teach us. Sabna jiyanka ikdata. That's the message. But the hard bit is soma visarna jai. Let me never forget. And every time we forget, it is a death. It is the worst mistake that we can make. But remember, this mistake is also part of hukam. When Guruji covers in the Asank Shabads, Asank Murak Andkor, the fools who are in this dark, blinding cave, this deep, dark cave, Guruji is talking about all of them as though they are part of the wider Hukam. So then, Guruji also talks about nako murak nako syana. When you understand that everything is part of that oneness, 
then who can you call the sinner and who can you call the saint? So this understanding is to move our awareness away from identifying with these labels, with accepting certain ideas that we have about ourselves. Pariya Mat Papa Ke Sang talks about that your mind is filled with these constant identifications. You identify with yourself, that is your pap. You think you are yourself, that is our sin. We identify with our actions, we identify with our thoughts, with our emotions, with the things that we surround ourselves with. And all of this creates our personality, our character. This is the delusion. This is the sin. We forget to understand that the universe is controlling us. We forget to understand that we are part of a bigger machine. That we are just tiny cogs in one great machine called the universe. And we remind ourselves of this mistake. If the Guru is instructing us to do Nam Simran 24 hours a day, we're doing Simran of our own identity. I am me, myself. I must do this. I must do that. I can't believe I did that. I don't know why this is happening to me. This is the Simran that's going on. Remember, like it or not, we're all meditating 24 hours a day. It's what we're meditating on that Guruji is talking about. We meditate on ourselves 24 hours a day. Guruji wants us to change that habit. So what is the solution to this problem? How do we clean this? Pariye mat papa ke sang o tope nave ke rang O tope means that is washed. This is washed. O, that pap that we're talking about, that tope is washed. Nāve. Nāve means nam, with nam. Nāve ke rang. The word rang literally translates to color, but also means love. So being in love with Nam, constantly washing yourself in Nam is the soap that we use to clean our mind, our intellect, our identity. We are washing away our identity. Most people say that you use Nam to clean your mind so that you have a clean mind. This is no different to the people before them that were just trying to clean their body. It's this false sense of purity because with that type of cleaning, what you're left with in the end is another ego, the pure ego, the one that says, I am pure, I am now clean, I have now washed all my sins. Guruji is not trying to give you a pure mind, 
Guruji is washing away your own identity. And Naam alone isn't enough. Guruji didn't say Naam is how you wash it. Guru said falling in love with Naam. Naam ke rang. Rang here means love. To drench yourself in Naam. To drown into the ocean of Naam. So imagine the word rang meaning color. And you drown yourself in that color. That color is completely surrounding you, inside you and outside you. You are bathed in that color. Dye your body, dye your mind, dye your heart in this Nam. And what is Nam? Nam is constantly being aware that this is you, everything is you. Nam is not his name. Remember, we're not calling somebody external to us. Nam is not his name. Nam is being aware that he is everywhere and everything and everyone at every moment. You have to drown in that realization. This isn't about saying a Naam. This isn't about a mantra. Naam is on the basic level a mantra. But a mantra that does nothing to your understanding, to your mind, remains a mantra. The word mantra is to go within the mind. Man antar. To take something from your voice and bring it into your mind. Let it really embed your mind. Man antar. Mantar. So a word that doesn't penetrate your mind, penetrate your body, penetrate your understanding, remains a word. So Nam isn't enough unless you drown in it, unless you drench yourself in Nam. When all you can see is Nam. That constant awareness, Guru says, is what we need to wash our identity away from ourselves. So as water and soap cleans the body, cleans our stains on our clothes, so the love of Nam cleans our self-identity. Guruji goes on. Punni papi akhan nahe. Punni means, pun means virtuous. Punni means the person who is virtuous. A virtuous person. Papi is a sinner. If pap is sin, then papi is one who commits sin. Punni papi akhan nahe. We need to look at the spelling of the word akhan here. So there's two different spellings of akhan. The first one has an onkar underneath it, which means it's a noun. The word akhan means to say. But when we say 
Akhana, what we're talking about is an action to say something. In Gurbani, that's spelt with a sehari. A verb to do something is usually spelt with a sehari. A name of something is spelt with an onkar. Here, the spelling is with an onkar. So, a lot of the times you'll see in your translations something that is mistranslated in this line. And the way it's mistranslated is they use this spelling, akhan, the incorrect spelling. Most of the time you will say, punni papi akhananaye, you will see this translation that says, I cannot speak about who is a punni and who is a papi. The punni and papi cannot be spoken of. But that would have to use this spelling because to speak of something is to do something, is an action. But that's not the spelling in Gurbani. So you need to be aware when you see incorrect translations. It implies I cannot mention how many people are punni, how many people are papi. Some people also say, I cannot say how many papis have become punni. Punni, papi, akhananahe. I cannot describe how many sinners have become pure. But akhananahe uses a different spelling. Here, akhan means to say. Punni, papi, akhananahe. That to be a sinner or a saint, to be sinful or virtuous, isn't just a label. Akhananahe is not a saying, is not a phrase, is not a label you can put on someone. Punni papi akhananahe. It's not a label that you can put on someone. That fits with this spelling. Just by calling yourself pure doesn't make you pure. Just by calling yourself a sinner doesn't make you a sinner. These aren't labels that we can put on ourselves. If you believe yourself to be a sinner, you go and do some actions and then you say, I am now free of my sin. I am now pure because I've done these actions. That alone isn't enough. Calling yourself by a label isn't what the true meaning of these words punni and papi are. What does Guruji say is the true meaning? Punni papi akhananahe kar kar karna likhle jao. Kar kar karna. Doing, doing and doing is what writes the real name down. What you do is what counts, not what you say you do. Kar kar means doing and doing. Karna means that which you do. By continuously doing, something is written down. Let's go into this a little bit more. Guruji has made it clear that what you call yourself is irrelevant. What you do with yourself is what actually ends up being written down. 
You write your fate by your actions, not by what you say you are. The line continues, and in order to understand this, we have to go to the next line. Ape bij, ape hi khao. Ape, you yourself, bij. Notice bij has a sihari. It doesn't mean seed. In Punjabi, the word bij means seed. But if it meant you are a sigid, the bij would have an ankar. But what is the verb here? You plant the seed. Ape bij with a sihari. As you sow, so shall you reap. Ape bij, ape hi kal. What you plant is what you eat. As you sow, so you shall eat. As you act, so you shall receive. There's two things being mentioned here. One is your perception of yourself. One is the actual reality of what you do. How you think you are is different to how you actually are. We talked about earlier how none of us think that we're sinners. In the last session, we said that we can even accept that we are a criminal, but never accept that we're a sinner. So we have a different idea of what we are. But Guruji says, actually, let's talk about what you do, not what you think you do. Your perception of yourself is very important here. What you think you are determines how you act. That's why your perception and your actions are both being talked about here. How you think you are, what you think of yourself, determines how you act. If you didn't used to be religious in the past, you took a label upon yourself that says, I'm not one of those religious people. And because I'm not one of those religious people, it allows me to do certain actions. Religious peoples don't go clubbing. Religious people don't smoke and drink. Religious people don't stay out all night. That's my perception of religious people. Because I don't identify with that, it means I'm allowed to do all those things. Your idea of who you think you are determines what actions you perform. And then one day you had a eureka moment and you realized you were religious. Then you have to leave all the things that the non-religious people do behind. Why? Because your label of yourself has changed. You now think you're religious and because you think you're religious, where you used to stay up all night and go clubbing, now you get up early and go to the temple, to the Gurdwara, to the church, to the mosque. Where you were having one type of Sangat, you've now replaced that with a different type of Sangat. Where does all of that change come from? Where does all of that new inspiration come from? 
It comes from a change within yourself. First, you identify with a new way of living. And you say, I don't identify with my old self anymore. That's not who I am anymore. If you see yourself as a sinner, you will act as a sinner. A way to think about it. As you perceive, so you receive. What you think is what you become. How you see yourself is how you will manifest yourself. And how we see ourselves defines everything that we do. But Guruji is making it clear, let's have a real understanding about what we're defining ourselves as. If we define ourselves as a sinner, does that mean we are? But more importantly, Punni. If we define ourselves as pure and religious and spiritual, does that mean you actually are spiritual? Are you a saint by saying that I'm no longer a sinner? Guru says your actions will decide. So how we act is based on our thoughts, our mind, our thinking, our self-identity, our self-perception. Notice here, this is the thing that needs to be washed. Guruji started by talking about this analogy of washing. What is the pap? Your self-identity is the pap. That's the answer there. But Guruji always wants to help us a little bit more. Let's understand this pap even further. Let's understand this self-identity even further. How you think you are determines how you act, and how you act determines the whole universe around you and how the universe reacts to you. The consequences of your actions are also based on your identity. Nothing is without consequence. They say every action has a reaction. Every action has a consequence. This is the real meaning of karam. What is karam? What is karma? The way we act has a certain outcome, has a certain consequence. Most people think of karam like if I do something to someone, the universe has to pay me back in the same way. If I hit someone, if I swear at someone, if I do something bad to someone, if I steal from someone, at some point, the universe will do exactly the same back to me. That is the misconception of karam. If I hit you, at some point, either you will hit me or somebody else will hit me. If I steal from you, Either you will steal from me or somebody else will steal from me and then I'll say, that's my karam. But that's not what karam is talking about. Because if we think about it, in reality, it never works that way. So we have this idea of what karam is. That if I do something, the universe will do exactly the same back to me. And when we know in reality that doesn't really happen, 
when we've seen time and time again people who commit certain acts get away with them, then we say, well, karam is still going to get him. Maybe karam will get him in the next life. We don't change our thinking of karam. We just delay the karam. When something bad happens to us that we can't explain, then we say, oh, it must be to do with my pichle karam, my past lives, my past actions. Because I must have done this to someone in order for this to be happening to me. So we don't understand karam, we don't change our idea of karam, because everyone says it, so it must be true. We just defer it. We say, okay, he'll get, he'll get what's due to him in his next life. Or the Sikhs like to say, Maharaj will do something. Maybe in such kind, he won't be allowed. Maybe he'll get his punishment after he dies. This is not what karam is. Karam means that which you do has a consequence. If I hit you, you may never hit me back, but that will change how you are. That will change your life. My one action can have a ripple effect on your life, how you treat other people, how you treat me, what happens to you as a person, all of that is my karam. So my karam isn't that I do something to you. My karam isn't that my action to you will have an opposite and equal reaction. My karam is by, very, by the very act of doing something to you, every consequence after that is my karam. Everything that happens after that is a direct result of my action that I did towards you. That is karam. That is what we need to understand. The responsibility that comes with that is that at every opportunity you have to say something to someone, every opportunity you have to think every opportunity you have to act, you're aware of that debt that you collect every time you do something. In Gurmukhi, we have a very interesting phenomenon. Gurbani uses the word karam to mean your actions. Where we talk about karam as the reactions, Gurbani uses the word karam to mean your actions. Your actions are your karam. Not the things that come back to you, but the very things that you do is your karam. Because every time you do something, it has a ripple effect. That is the meaning of karam. So here, when we talk about your perception, being the instigator of your actions. Guruji says, let's not talk about your actions. Let's talk about the thing that's defining your actions. Your self-identity, what you think you are, defines what you do. What you do defines how everything else works around you. So it all starts with, who do I think I am? That is your pap. That is our sin. 
Let's think about our actions. The common understanding of Pap is to do something wrong. Let's think a little bit about whatever it is that we think we're doing wrong, why we do it. The reason we do things time and time and time again, even though we may label them as wrong, why do we keep doing them? We know we're doing something wrong, but we still do it. Let's say it's anger. Let's say we have a bad temper. We keep doing it. And afterwards we regret and we say, I shouldn't have done it. But we do it again and again and again. The same is true for stealing. The same is true for obsessions with maya, with materialism, with lust. The same is true every time. The reason we do it again and again and again is because they've become a habit. So we need to understand why do habits form? Even when we know we want to break our habits, why can't we break them? So then we have to understand our habits. What is a habit? A habit is a decision that you no longer have to make. The first time you make that decision, there is a choice. You're walking down a road, you can either choose the left path or the right path. The moment you've chosen the left path, that first decision is difficult. That's the first time that you really have to apply some thought. The second day, that decision becomes a little bit easier. The third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, eventually you walk down that road, you don't even see the right path, you only see the left path because it's become habit. You don't even need to think about it anymore. This is how our actions work. We do something in the mornings, we wake up, we don't think about whether we need a tea or a coffee. We just go for that same thing that we always do. The first time it was a decision. But every time after that, it's habit. A habit is a decision that you no longer take. It's just something that habitually happens. It happens automatically. When a habit continues for so long that you can no longer say no to it, that's when a habit has become an addiction. An addiction is simply anything that you can't say no to. A habit you might still be able to say no to, but an addiction is something no matter how much you try, the habit is so deep-rooted within you that you're unable to say no. You're unable to stop that action. That's where habits become addictions. You know when water flows, when a river flows downstream, they say it takes the path of least resistance. 
when a river flows, it doesn't try and go the difficult way. It goes the easiest way, wherever it can just flow easily. Our minds work in the same way. Our mind doesn't like to be challenged most of the time. For simple things, we don't like our habits to be challenged. That's why even though we're saying no to our habits, secretly, we don't really want them to be changed. And our sin of forgetting the oneness has become our biggest habit. And our addiction to the world and the way we understand the world and the way we understand ourselves is something so hard to say no to that the world has now become our drug. Our ego and our self-identity is our biggest drug. We are addicted to our own self-identity. We love ourselves. We love our self-identity. We love being who we are. We're addicted to it. We love the way we live, the things that we buy, our quirky little habits. We don't mind them. We love them. We're addicted to them. We say, what are you going to do? This is who I am. Our habits have become part of our self-identity. So Guruji isn't just trying to clean your body, isn't just trying to clean a little bit of sin off you. Guruji, when he talks about Pariya Mat Papa Ke Sang, he's not talking about your anger, he's not talking about your greed, your lust, your addictions. That's not the path that Guruji is interested in. He's interested in the source of the path. What makes those sin happen? What makes those sins occur? Your very idea of who you think you are is what Guruji wants to wash away from you. Because who you are, who you think you are, stops you from realizing what you really are. As long as we identify with our individual selves, we don't have to be the Brahmgyani. We don't have to be the saint. We can be heading in that direction, but we can keep some of our pap. We can keep some of our habits. I'm not a Brahmgyani. I'm not a saint. Nobody in my family would accept me if I had decided to become a saint. What are people going to say? How will I go to work? So we don't really want to be a saint. We're happy being the papi a little bit. A little bit of pap we say is okay. But Guruji is saying it's one or the other. You're either in or you're out. You're either you or you're him.
विच वन आर यू जब हम होते तब तू ना ही वन आई एम मी आई एम नॉट यू बट वन आई एम यू देन मी नो लॉन्गर एग्जिस्ट इट्स वन ओ दर एंड नाम इज द मेडिसिन नाम इज द वेरी थिंग दैट कैन हेल्प रीआईडेंटिफाई आर सेल्फ we've accepted our sins so the question is what do we do with our sins what should we do with our impulses should we say okay i'm going to decide to be a saint now is that the direction we're heading how would we act if we decided right from tomorrow morning i'm going to be a saint all we're doing is giving ourselves a new label and we would give ourselves new actions okay what would a saint do in the morning let me do all those actions so it's very difficult remember in the last verse where we talked about this shabad about paap and pun being two brothers joined twins If you're running away from Pap towards Pun, Pap is never far behind. He's just round the corner. So if you restrict yourself, think about it. Think about how many times you've gone on a diet. Think about how many times you've tried to break a habit. How long does it last? A couple of days, a week, two weeks, a month at most. you wouldn't need to have new year's resolutions every year if you stuck to the resolutions that you made in the first place but we can't our habits creep back in so if you try to wake up tomorrow morning and be a saint it'll last for a couple of days and then your habits kick back in all of your temptations come back The novelist Oscar Wilde said I can resist everything except temptation. So we can try and be as saintly as we can but all the habits kick back in. So what do we do? What's the solution? If we accept okay this is the way I am and I can't just switch it off. and i can't just say tomorrow i don't want to be this person i want to be that person because remember punni papi akhna nahi these aren't just labels you can't just call yourself something new tomorrow and hope that it's going to be the start of a whole new beginning what do we do how do we get rid of our old habits guruji says make naam your habit start a new habit make naam your habit if you get up every morning and bathe yourself with soap if you get up every day and you bathe your clothes and wash your clothes with detergent what are you washing your mind with don't worry about how it's going to look after it's washed actually start washing but we don't want that we want to say i'm wearing the the sinner clothes today tomorrow i want to be the saint but where is the process of 
washing. Where is the effort? You have to do something. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, make Naam your habit. What does this mean? Let's think about how we act. When an impulse arrives, at that point, what do we do? Guruji says, make Naam your habit. When an impulse arrives that we're trying to stop, what we would normally do is we would just try and cut that impulse. Whatever the impulse is, whatever the habit is that you're trying to break, our normal reaction is to say, I'm going to restrict myself, I'm going to stop myself. It's like when you have some chocolates in front of you. And if you say, every day I eat chocolates, today I'm going to restrict myself. How long does that last? So our normal reaction to an impulse is to restrict that impulse, is to suppress it. That is what we call going from sinner to saint. But if we're saintly for one moment, the sinner comes back. That's not the solution. Guruji says, at that point when the impulse arrives, make Naam the response. And by Naam, we don't mean, okay, stop thinking about it, let me just do Vaigru Simran. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Naam, the awareness. Let's just stop for a moment and be aware. See, when you're waiting for that chocolate, you're not in the moment. You're in the next moment when that chocolate is going to touch your mouth, when that taste is going to come into you, when that impulse is going to be satisfied. So your mind is not in the moment, it's in the future. And until that is satisfied, you remain in that future. Guruji says, make Naam your response. Come back to the present moment. Just be. Breathe. Observe. Be in a moment of realization. This is neither going towards your impulse or restricting your impulse. This is neither. We're not indulging in our impulse and we're not restricting our impulse. We're simply stopping just for a moment to observe, to be present. Recognize the thought that has come in. Rather than reacting straight away, how many times when an impulse comes in, straight away we think we have to act on it. But we never actually stop and think, okay, the thought has come. It doesn't mean I have to do anything about it, it's just a thought. Out of nowhere the thought has just floated into my mind. Most of the time when you're getting bored, you're sitting in front of a computer screen at work, it's been several hours, I think I need a break, I know I'll go for coffee. Oh wait, I said I wasn't going to have any coffee. Or I said I wasn't going to have any chocolate. Now you've started a battle. Which one is going to win? Some days the chocolate wins, some days your saint wins, the one that can res resist. Guruji says don't engage in that battle. Step back, watch, observe. Be in the present moment of Nam. And just enjoy the moment. 
just take a moment. It's like taking a break from yourself. Take a moment to just enjoy the moment. Breathe it in. Live a hundred percent in that moment. Savor the taste of that moment. Drown and dissolve yourself into the awakened state of that moment. Be awake in the moment. That is o tope nave ke rang, being drenched in the love of that present realization. That is the solution. Not to fight the impulse, not to restrict the impulse, or to engage in that impulse. Simply accept it as a thought that's come in, and then say, oh, I don't need to engage with that thought, because that thought takes me away from now. That takes me into the future. I can't wait till I get it. I can't wait till I have it. That's somewhere else. Nam is now in the moment. Remember your actions aren't the problem. Guru doesn't really care whether you have that coffee or whether you have that temptation or that chocolate. Your actions aren't the problem. It's your awareness that's the problem. It's your thinking. It's where is your thinking right now? Where is your mind right now? Because you could be eating that chocolate and doing Nam Simran. You could be drinking that coffee and doing Nam Simran at the same time. That's what Guruji wants. Guru doesn't care what you consume. Ape bij ape kao. Nothing to do with me. So if our mind is filled with the addiction of the self, if it's filled with the sin of self-identity, stepping away from that into the moment of now, into the awakened state, which is Nam, that is the solution. You have a false association about who you are. Nam is realigning you back and saying, you are nothing but something that is present here now. That's all you are. You are a person that is here now. You are not your past. You're not your future. You are what you are doing right now. What you're doing right now is what counts. And now is the only moment you have. If you don't savor in that moment, if you don't drown, if you don't fall in love with the moment, then you've lost it. That moment has gone. Every moment is an opportunity to be present. So the question is, are we talking about something that is completely opposite to what the Guru has said before? Because that's the other way to think. That says, actually, Guruji, this is how you made me. Thank you very much. I'll go and have that chocolate now. I don't need to question how you made me. I don't need to worry about whether I'm a sinner or a saint. That's how you made me. That's what we've been learning all this time. Accept hukum, accept who you are. Now is Guruji telling us, be aware, be present, change. If you're like this, you should be like that. Which one is it? Is everything hukam? Or do we reap what we sow? 
Do we have free will? Do we have the opportunity to create our destiny? As you sow, so you shall reap. Which one is it? Guruji gives the answer. Nanak hukmi All of this coming and going, all of this left and right, moving from one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum, that's hukum as well. This little mind game that you're having with yourself, am I a sinner, am I a saint? That's hukum as well. Nanak says, by the way, it's not really about you. It's all part of the hukum. This little ego trip that we go on, I used to be a sinner, now I'm a saint. Today, what shall I do? Shall I restrict myself? Should I give in to temptation? You might not be in hukum. You might not be aware of hukum, but hukum is aware of you. Hukam is doing this through you. This is the game of hukam. Your indecisiveness, your swinging from left to right, avojao, coming and going. You don't know if you're coming and going, but Guruji is saying this is all part of hukam. Nanak hukami avojao. By the command, we come and we go. Whether that's in every moment or in life. All of our comings and goings is part of the bigger game. All of our success and our failure isn't dependent on what we do, isn't dependent on our actions, isn't even dependent on our ability to clean our self-identity. It's actually dependent on hukum. Understanding this wisdom is not your doing. Being here listening to this katha right now isn't your doing. It's your hukam. You didn't bring yourself here. You're not listening to these words. Because if you are, then you're adding to that sin. I am here. I'm bettering myself. Look how religious I'm being. This is all part of hukam. So Guruji has introduced quite a lot of concepts, like he does in every single verse. So much for us to go away and think about. The main message is external cleansing is irrelevant. Of course, keep yourself clean, keep your clothes clean, but this isn't where purity lies. If your very self-identity is stained, and then what good is it that your body and your clothes are clean? What religious act have you achieved? Your very self-identity is something that needs to be addressed. Nam is the cure. But getting Nam, don't for one moment think that you have the ability to get Nam or to practice Nam or to do Nam or to be in Nam. Nanak hukumi avo jao. All of this always goes back to hukam.